0: Lord, i want to thank you that the road that you lead us on is so that we might know you and so that the whole world might know you and might see your face god you are so good so lord as we uh as we approach your word i want to acknowledge before you that we're in a million different places but lord we are all on the same road towards being living stones for your kingdom and so, Lord, would you hold us each where you have us? Lord, and we thank you for where you have us. Growing to trust you and to look to you when things are great and when things are really, really hard. So, Lord, would you use your word to encourage us this morning and to draw us unto you this morning, Lord, and to make us more into your likeness. So that the world can see that you are God God and that you are good amen i want to invite you to have a seat so for the last oh man everyone okay all right um so for the last couple of weeks we've um Merged from a series of growing up into Christ and into a series on Haggai. And as we've been doing that, we've been reciting these declarations of faith. Have you guys been encouraged by this? Like I was just rejoicing in the way I've seen these declarations bubble out as we've shared this morning. Um, and so before we start, can we say these together again with me? Are you ready? God is who he says he is. God can do what he says he can do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is alive and active in me. Amen. So this morning we're in the book of Haggai. If you want to pull out your your Bibles. And Haggai, as we've discovered, is a difficult little book to find. Um, If you start at Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, and go back two books, you will find the little book of Haggai. Last week, um, Pastor Gina opened this series on Haggai by preaching through verses 1 through 11 of chapter 1, which is God's word to his people. His people, the remnant of Judah, given through the prophet Haggai, Um, And this morning we're looking at the people's response to what God spoke through Haggai in verses 12 to 15. Um, But for the sake of the context, we're going to read Haggai 1, verses 1 to 15. So hear then the word of the Lord. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time is not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house of the Lord remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands." Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josadak the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. This is the word of the Lord. So I want to begin with a little bit of a story that includes my beloved husband, who has given me permission to share. Um, So Nate is already laughing. It's going to be a good one, right? Um, So my husband's really great. Um, And one of the many things that's so great about him is that he's super ultra responsible. Like, I feel like in every friendship, every relationship, there's like one responsible party, right? Okay. It's not that I'm irresponsible. He's just... He's very responsible, and so um, he's always looking to see that things are taken care of, that the boxes are checked, and that we're not in a state of emergency, right? And so because of this, Brendan is often reminding me of things that need to happen and what might happen if I don't do them. Um, So he'll often say things to me like, you know, make sure you pick up the dog food or he's going to starve. Make sure you fill up the car with gas or you're going to get stuck on the highway. Make sure you turn the coffee pot off or you're going to burn the house down. Um, you know, very important responsible things. He's not wrong. So several months ago on my way home from church, a truck driving right in front of me kicked up a rock and it came flying into my windshield, you know, like that great crack, and there was a little divot. Awful. But it was very small. But I got home and I did the responsible thing and I told Brennan about it. You know, I got this divot in the windshield and He says, honey, this is why we have insurance, it's okay, but before it gets cold, mind you, this is in the summer, you need to call, file claim, and get this dealt with, because when the temperature changes, evidently that makes cracks. Now we know, okay. (laughs) So, So, it's not like I maliciously intended to ignore him, or like I really intended to be rebellious and not do it, but, you know, life got really busy. And that tiny little divot, like I hardly even noticed it anymore. And I wasn't exactly sure about the process of filing a claim. And quite honestly, that made me a little anxious, right? Like I don't know what they're going to ask for, what I've got to do. Um, And every day just never seemed like the right day to do it. And so I just never called in. And don't you know, it? Thursday evening, it was very cold. And I was on my way home from Empowered for Witness here, And I got about five miles down the highway and I heard this pop. And I looked down and there was a crack all the way, like one thin line, all the way across my windshield. Shoot. And I remembered immediately. My husband had told me to get that fixed and he told me that when it got really cold, it was going to crack. And it did. And I felt awful. I think I was even shocked that the consequence had happened. You ever been there? Like, oh, that's not going to happen. It does. (laughs) I felt guilty, quite honestly, and really disappointed and almost like sheepish to go in and say, like, honey, it happened. Now, I'd assume that my feelings in that moment were not all that different, but probably really exaggerated for the people hearing from the prophet Haggai. As Pastor Gina shared with us last week, Haggai was sent to the remaining people of Judah. So we've got a really small group of people. They'd been carried off into exile and had lost large masses of their numbers and had cried out to the Lord for some people say 70 years is the timeline until God finally heard and brought them back to their land, which was completely decimated. They'd come back to nothing. And immediately upon their arrival back to their holy city, they began to try to rebuild the temple, which had been the former pinnacle of all their glory. The nations knew that the God of heaven and earth resided in this place. The temple wasn't just a building for these exiles. Remember, this is the Old Testament. So this is before Jesus. So the presence of God doesn't dwell within them. It dwells in a physical place in this temple. This was the place where God's glory would dwell. It was the place where they'd come to worship and sacrifice to make atonement for sin so that they're in right relationship with God. The temple is literally the seat of their relationship with the Lord. But labor on this massive, intricate structure was really hard. It was difficult, and it was time-consuming, and they were exhausted and overwhelmed. They had no homes to go to themselves, no crops to feed their children. The surrounding people groups who did not seek the one true God came and made fun of them and oppressed them and made it difficult for them to work on this temple. And so slowly, one by one, the workers and laborers packed up their tools and went home to build houses for their families and to put crops in the ground for their children to eat. And so for 16 years, the foundations of God's dwelling place sat hollow, exposed to the sky and the rain and the elements. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house, the prophet Haggai was sent to say. Is it a time for you to be living in your big, beautiful homes while God's house remains a ruin? Look around, declares Haggai to God's holy people. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but your harvest is little. You've worked very hard to meet your own needs, but they remain completely unmet. As Pastor Gina pointed out to us last week, Hosea was inviting God's people to survey the consequences of their actions, the fruit of their labors. And in doing so, the people would have been reminded of what God had told their forefathers long ago in the book of Deuteronomy immediately when they entered into their promised land. See, remember, God had covenanted himself to these people saying, I am your God and you are my people. And if you walk in my way, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. But if you do not walk with me, there are consequences, and you will be cursed. Now, the exact consequences that were listed there are what Judah was living into. Drought, crop shortages, opposition, turmoil, and chaos. Oh, I bet Judah thought, God told us. That this would happen if we didn't do things his way. Look around. We've lost our way. We didn't listen. Give careful thought to your ways, church, was the command that we were given last week. We were commanded just as Judah had been to consider the lives that we are building and to make it our very first priority to be living stones of God's kingdom. And so this morning, we pick up with Judah, and even with our own processing of God's commands, as we look to see how Judah responded. Our text says that after the word of the Lord came to his holy people, we read in verse 12, and this is so good, that Zerubbabel, governor of jo- governor, and Joshua the high priest, along with the whole remnant, Every single person obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message that Haggai had brought. And the people feared the Lord. In other words, the people began to believe that God was who he says that he was. They stood in awe and reverence of him. They submitted themselves to his will and to his way, and they put their trust and his faithfulness and his goodness. And then this part, friend, is just so good. So in a glorious turn of events, in a shift of the heart, Zerubbabel, Joshua, and all of them agree, they come into agreement with God's convictions, and before they even pack up their tools and head down to the temple, God sends Haggai back. And you know what Haggai says? I am with you. It's a short four-word phrase, but to Israel and Judah, God's presence was everything. God was restoring his favor to them. He was agreeing to hold up his end of that covenant because they'd been willing to agree that they'd failed on their end. God would be with them again because they were willing to obey. Because of Judah's obedience... God's presence would again be with them. This meant that they were forgiven. It meant that they weren't alone. It meant that they were loved and cared for. They'd be protected and provided for. It meant that even though they'd rebelled, even though they'd lost it all and had been carried off into exile, even though they'd seen the very glory of God depart from the temple, and even though they were still in ruins, God was not finished. He had not given up on them. And so after only 23 days from the word given to the word being received and obeyed, God does this incredibly beautiful thing. He stirs up. It means to wake up. If you look at the translation, it's like to wake up the wind. God stirs up the innermost person. Of Zerubbabel, and he stirs up that spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and he stirs up the spirits of all of his people. And he empowers and equips them to come together and to begin to work on the house of the Lord. The Lord Almighty and the one Haggai makes a point to name is still there. God. God is who he says he is. And he does what he says he'll do, even in correction. And they are who he says they are, his beloved children. As one of my seminary professors, Stan Mast, put it, it's not that obedience makes or breaks our relationship with our gracious God. It's rather that our gracious God expects us to respond to his grace with lives that are filled with his good fruit. God wants to fill our lives with fruit that's better than any the world can produce. He wants to honor our obedience with him. He wants to use us to build his kingdom. So last week we were given that command to give careful thought, to seek his presence, to seek his honor, to seek his glory. Are we prioritizing our lives no longer around the physical structure of a temple but around pursuit of God's presence around pursuit of his kingdom and around prioritizing God's pleasure and his honor. Are we living our lives in covenant kingdom identity or have we like Judah settled for less than God's best? Have we been delayed by opposition have we been delayed by selfish desire to build our own things in our own houses? Because we can do good things that might not be what God is asking. Are we motivated by his call and his purpose or by, by our own desires? And I think this morning, the testimony time bore witness to the reality that many of us came into agreement with God last week. Many of us heeded the word that was brought And God has begun to stir in our spirits, to stir us, to proclaim freedom. For some of us, the stirring was really, really clear, as Anna Marie shared. We've also seen many people last week come to us and say, hey, God has been stirring in me to help in children's worship. He's been stirring me to ask about children's worship and Gold Rush and nursery and maybe even the worship team. For some of us, this stirring was really, really deep. I've heard from some that it's caused us to consider our schedules, to wonder where we might need to say no, or where we might need to say yes. I've heard from others that it's caused us to ask the big questions about who God really has made us to be, what he's called us to do, and what obedience might look like. How has God been stirring in your spirit have you felt drawn to a ministry opportunity to serve i see some heads thank you have you been convicted about using some of the gifts and the passions that god has given have you been convicted to say no to something that keeps your life cluttered and busy Or have you been emboldened to say yes to something that might require more of you than you wanted to give? God stirs our spirits in a multitude of ways. He can bring feelings of dissatisfaction. He can stir hope and desire and passion. He gives pictures and dreams. He brings invitation like he invited Evan through a picture to consider sonship. He speaks through his word and he speaks through his people. However, God has or is or will continue to stir your spirit for his ways. The good news for us this morning is the same good news that Haggai got to run and bring to Judah. Whatever he's asking of you, obey and he will be with you. I love you, Lord. Or I love you, says the Lord. I love you, Lord, too. But God says, I love you. Trust my guidance and don't be afraid. I'm going to guide you and protect you. I'm going to make a way for you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I want you to experience the fullness that Jesus died to provide for you. Obey and I will be with you. Church, God has given favor to us at Gold Avenue Church. Not because of anything we've done, but because of His tremendous goodness. God has consistently brought people here to experience and to learn about the healing work of Jesus and about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. If you come to a noon prayer on Wednesdays, you'll hear that God consistently uses this body to pray for revival. Here, in our neighborhood, and in the whole world. God is using us and asking us to be part of his process of bringing about his kingdom come. Let us be those who obey. And let us be those to whom God says, I am with you. And so as we close, I just want to invite that if you're not sure what God is stirring, there's resources available to you. If you're feeling stirred to maybe consider participating in a ministry or using your gifts, there's a really beautiful handout in your worship folder, detailing some opportunities and how to get in touch with the people who might help you with that. And if you just need somebody to pray with and discern with you, say, hey, I don't know what's going on inside, and help me to discern it, we've got prayer partners available every single week. We would love to pray with you and to walk through the stirring with you. And so as we close, I'm just going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite the worship team up. And in a minute, we're going to sing a a song called Christ is Enough. And it's a declaration that we're willing to obey and see that he is enough, that his ways are enough, and that we're willing to submit. And so I just want to encourage you, sing as you feel led. If you just need to sit and ask the Lord to put your your heart in a position to sing that, that's okay. And if you're ready to sing it, I invite you to sing it with boldness and with faith. And so will you pray with me? God, I want to thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for all of us. And I want to thank you that obedience to you is freedom. And that all your ways towards us and your plans for us are good. And so, Lord, this morning, would you stir our eyes to see your goodness? Would you increase in us the gift of faith to obey? Lord, and would you continue to stir us up to be a body who advances your kingdom? Meet us each in our own place, Lord. Would you be glorified? In Jesus' name, amen.